Hi there, I'm Brian Abana, and you're watching Rugby Wrap-Up. Oh. Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy and Brian Ray of America's Rugby News Talk Major League Rugby. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Balanced Palette, Nutrition for Peak Performance, and The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby, talking Major League Rugby. And if you're talking Major League Rugby, you got to be talking to man from Halifax, Brian Ray of America's Rugby News and Ray's Rugby. Brian, welcome. It's great to be back, Matt. Uh, here to gloat for my, uh, my perfect predictions from last week. All right. I, he, you know, Canadians aren't supposed to be a, a lacking humility, my friend. You came right out of the gate with that. But you are like the Arrows in that you are now within a bonus point win of getting back in the pick pool. That's right. You know, it's been a, a rough season, but uh, just scraping it up right now at, uh, at the, the business end of the season. So I'm feeling a little bit better about myself. And, uh, you know, you got uh, to stand up when the going is good. All right. So... Let's get started looking back at the, at the matches. But before we um, get into the nitty-gritty of t- Toronto's victory, resounding victory over the Seattle Seawolves, we got to salute Ray Barkwell and the Arrows for saluting Ray Barkwell, who retired. They gave him a one-day contract, and then they won. But Toronto is part of Canada. Canada's part Huge part of the NHL. There's a lot of superstition that goes on with the with Canadians and Americans in sports across the board. You think now that Toronto has to give him a one day contract for every match until they lose, like like a <laughs> hockey beard? <laughs> yeah, that might be after you know after the they responded during the game. Yeah, classy move by them. Ray is uh, you know an important part of Canadian rugby for a long time, and he's a you know kind of a, a local guy. He's from Niagara actually, so uh, not too far away. And uh, and he played with uh, the Ontario side for many years. Um, and I know he was actually in talks with the Arrows uh, about playing for them until it was confirmed that he had to retire from that injury. So a uh, classy move from them. Great to see. Uh, good reception for him and uh, a great occasion. Hey, they got the win for him. So there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious how many Toonies were involved in that one-day contract. <laughs> a, and, and, you know, back to, back to Ray. I think he got his first Canadian cap at 32 years old. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, he was a late bloomer. I mean, you know, he would have been the oldest player at the World Cup if he uh, if he had made it. Uh, so uh, you know, all credit to him, a hardworking guy. Uh, you know, a, a good old Canadian. Probably there's probably a few uh, maple glazed donuts in there for him from the arrows in that contract. Tim Hortons plug there from my friend. All right, so let's get to it. Let's since we're already there, let's talk about Seattle going into Toronto and getting spanked. Yeah, I mean, uh, what do you say is the, the best performance of the season from the Arrows? You know, kind of a, a slow first half. Uh, I think this weekend the overall theme what we saw was we're, we're almost in playoff uh, playoff mode. The team is really tentative. You can you can feel the tension out there, um, and you can certainly feel that in the first half. The Arrows, uh, they were going straight for the try. They turned down some points early on. They finally got some points. Uh, a penalty goal from Malcolm, and then uh, Mike Shepard with the with the try just before halftime. Uh, a really a big momentum boost there, uh, and they were do- they, they did that with a man down, Leandro Levas, the uh, the Uruguayan winger in the sin bin. So uh, in the second half, 
Uh, they got a quick one. Levas made up for it. He got a try after, after uh, a Seppi de Trois uh, line break in the second half. And then uh, Dan Moore, the captain, with just a, an amazing solo effort, length of the field try, uh, spectacular, that really broke uh, Seattle's. And, uh, yeah, what can you say? I mean, the defending champion soundly beaten by Toronto. Yeah, it was... It was a statement win, and Dan Moore made a statement by running right around what seemed to be a surprise, Matt, Matt Turner, because maybe he didn't anticipate Moore having the wheels that he had, but he just jetted down that, that sideline into the try zone, and then he had the throw the ball up in the air and shoot the arrow reenactment, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that was it. That's the first time we've seen that one, but hopefully we'll see that a few more times. I got to say I like that. So, yeah, I certainly uh, enjoyed this one and uh, tough for Seattle. But, hey, they're, you know, they're still in the playoff hunt. So don't give up on them yet. Just a, a tough road trip for them. You know, I, I, and I, I can't I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just subliminal when I'm, I'm thinking Canada and I'm thinking hockey. But all I can think of when Dan Moore was doing that was Ty Domi riding his stick as a like a, like a broom. <laughs> And I, I, I like a witch, and I don't know why those, those two images came into my head. Ty Domi, of course, NHL star and tough guy uh, and a fan yeah. favorite. But, I, you know, it's, it's cool to even have that kind of association because it means that it's a, it's a professional sport. I guess Dan Moore's just about the polar opposite of Ty Domi, <laughs> yeah. so that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, and, he, and, and he's a Calgary fan, Dan Moore, so we won't bring that up. Uh, okay, so... Yeah, that was a that was a big win and a resounding win, and now it tightens things up. But you also had some lopsided wins and maybe some less important wins. You had uh, what was it, Austin Elite going down to the Utah Warriors. Top. Yeah, 30, 35, 19, I think was the 19. final. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we both predicted this last week. Uh, I, I thought uh, O'Malley and Josh Reeves, uh, the, the two playmakers in the back line, really controlled the game for, for Utah. And then those guys out, out wide, I mean, what do you do? They just got too much firepower. Uh, Austin actually had a, a short lead in the first half. Uh, they scored two quick tries there right around the 20-minute uh, the mark. and then But then they just didn't have anything. They, can't, they just couldn't live with them after that. Um, and Utah, hey, I think we got to mention making a splash off the field as well, picking up Adam Thompson, the All Blacks uh, forward, the former uh, 2011 World Cup uh, yeah. forward for, for the All Blacks, and, and Vatimoto Avuvu, he was the, uh, a key playmaker for the Fiji 7 side that won the Olympic Games. So, um, you know, these guys could play a spoiler role in the coming weeks. And you know it would be a welcome thing to see, actually. You know, see these teams pick it up at the end of the at the end of the season, and that kind of leads us into our second match that wasn't of a, of a lot of consequence for the Houston SaberCats against the San Diego Legion. And of course, we have the news out of Houston that Justin Fitzpatrick has been relieved of his head coaching responsibilities and his director of rugby responsibilities. He'll be replaced by Paul the Cactus Emmerich of USA Rugby Lore for the remainder of the year. They are actively searching out a director of rugby, but that's all the information we have right now, so we'll get into it in more depth next week. In the meantime, let's get back to the Legion versus the Sabercats. Yeah, you know, last week we talked about how great the Seattle NOLA game was, how exciting it was, uh, the atmosphere, the, you know, everything about that game I really loved. Uh, I really hated this game. Yeah. <laughs> from the start to the finish, there was no intensity from Houston whatsoever. The defense was just Swiss cheese out there. Uh, I mean, Nate Augsburger from a scrum in his own half breaks and just runs the length of the field. Now, you know, Nate's a great player. Let's give him some credit here. But uh, that was something out of high school rugby. You can't let that 
happened in professional rugby. So Houston just didn't show up. Uh, I think the score flattered them a little bit. Uh, and, and look, San Diego is the best team in the league. But uh, uh, yeah, that was just I, I didn't enjoy watching that one. That was just a poor match to watch, really. Yeah, did, was was Nate the one that threw the blind flick pass that helped result in that one try? Yeah, yeah, that was that a, was another one. Yeah, another was, line break. Nate comes in back behind or underhanded pass to Nick Boyer, scrum half to scrum half, and and he goes for another try. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was definitely highlight reel material. And Joe Peterson again, just the class that he adds to that position at ten for San Diego, perfect from the tee on conversions, four of them, I think. And, you know, you got those other guys that keep doing their job and just continuing to hum along San Diego, making a statement. Uh, but you also had the Glendale Raptors and Rooney in Rugby Town, USA. And this one was, you know, in a way, a war of attrition because both teams were hurting. Yeah, tense. Well, I mean, we know uh, <laughs> New York certainly has been battered and bruised this season. I think nobody's been hit more uh, in, in in terms of injuries than, than Rooney. But, the, you know, both teams really it was a very tense game all game. Uh, they just, you know, back and forth. You didn't really know what was going to happen. Harry Bennett with that late penalty goal. Uh, you know, really, I thought that might have been it. And then somehow... Somehow, Chad London finds his way through the midfield to score the dramatic try right at the end. And Will McGee showing all his experience to let the clock tick down before he sends the conversion over. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you can say lots of mistakes made in that game. You know, maybe some, some bad decisions here and there. But it just looked like playoff rugby to me. Like, there's, there's certainly a playoff spot on the line. At least the players were, were thinking there was, and that's how it went. Well, I got to say something. I think you might be looking at this through a Major League Rugby rose-colored glasses because I thought it was anything but playoff rugby because of the mistakes that were made. And I think that there, you know, there, there, was, there were knock-ons. There were errors in your own end with the ball. Game management was something that Tolkien talked about at halftime. And you also had players that seemed to be a little bit uncomfortable in, in certain scenarios. I know Foden was playing 13 again. He's more comfortable at 15, or he's looked more comfortable at 15 at least. Uh, but, you again, it, it's probably got to do a lot with the injuries. I know that Honko, no Honko Hermeshais for the Raptors. He's out at least another week or two, perhaps. No Petzer, which actually opened the door for Chad London. But on the New York side of the ball, you had no Patty Ryan, no Ross Deacon, no Jim Denise, no Chris Matina. You know, they're... They're a team that's hurting, and it's it's gonna it's gonna be a factor going down the stretch if they don't get these guys. And some of the guys that are back are injured, but no excuses. Glendale came off a hiding from San Diego and won a match they had to win. Kudos to them; they are to be reckoned with yet again. Don't count them out. And that sets the tone for what we have coming ahead. You've got a nice little situation going on with Toronto starting to come alive. You know that. That thing that everybody said, oh, they're going to win all their matches at home. They didn't, but now they could go eleven and five. Yeah, this is going to be the big one. They've got uh, Seattle. That's the biggest game win in their history. But you know what? It's it's always the next game that's the most important, right? So this weekend they got San Diego. They're flying high. They're the top team in the league now, um, and it's it's another must win game for Toronto. And remember, the Arrows beat San Diego in San Diego, so they're not going to be intimidated at all. So uh, you know. It's going to be a really close contest. Uh, it'll be interesting 
to see what happens with Toronto. A couple of injury situations there. Uh, Lucas Rumble, their, their uh, key forward, the Canada flanker, hurt his knee, came off early in that one. Um, looked a little bit, uh, he was walking around sort of okay at the end of the game. So hopefully he'll be touch and go. So we'll see if he's fit to go in that one. Jack Nay, the, the number eight who missed that game, uh, the bad ankle again. I don't know if he'll be back this weekend or not. Uh, they're really hoping he'll be back soon, but, uh, you know, they might be uh, running a, uh, a tight ship this weekend. We'll see. Well, those are those are definitely two key ingredients, but they look like they have found their rhythm and they were clicking and firing on all cylinders, and it'll be exciting. That's one that I definitely want to watch. You've also got uh, Utah going into Glendale. It doesn't get any easier for the Warriors, and perhaps Glendale, you know, they, 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 they can't play. They can't be... Uh, complacent. They have to play this like they're using desperation. I think uh, Takedo Simpson used the term. I think uh, that's the perfect word. Uh, they they absolutely can't afford to take this one for granted. They can't show any complacency whatsoever. Uh, you know, like we just mentioned, Utah can play the spoiler role. Absolutely. They've got the firepower to do it. The last time these two teams played, it was a tie. Uh, so, you know, this could go both ways. I'm leaning towards the Raptors just because that's the uh, the kind of team they are. Um, but uh, you know this this is going to come down to the wire. I, I think I don't think this will be a a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. And you know you had Utah getting off the Schneid or, or, off a winless streak over Austin, but now Austin has to go to Nola. Oof. <laughs> you know I'm just. I, not a lot to say there. Uh, I just feel for Austin. I feel for the for the elite fans, and you hope that they can maybe you know make this one exciting at the very least. Yeah, you really have to be concerned now that and think that maybe Austin's going to go the whole season without getting a win, which wouldn't be good. Uh, you know, you got to think maybe that Texas Derby against Houston at the end of the month is going to be their best shot. But I mean, I, they're not going to get a win against Nola. <laughs> at least I'm not picking that. They've got a couple injury concerns. Doug Fraser, the Canadian uh, center who was playing in the wing, he he came off early in the game yeah. this past weekend. Uh, who's he on? Chris Shade, right at the end of the game, their uh, their front rower went down with a knee injury i doubt he'll be playing this weekend uh so they're gonna have to patch themselves up somehow um and, and see if they can get something nola on the other hand uh they just signed alex mon the really good uh life yes. university front rower he can play across the front row uh he'll fill in for ben tar who's still out with an injury and uh vince jobo the the big powerful south african uh, uh loose forward he broke his arm in the first match of the season he's getting close to return i'm not sure he'll be back this weekend but he's getting real close so uh you know, yeah, you got to pick Nolan. Nolan's going to win this one, hands down, and uh, you got to feel for Austin fans. That's right. My man, Nolanate Osborne, doing wonders down in, in, in New Orleans. But, you know, there is hope because for Austin elite fans, in a way, because last year, Nola wasn't that good. And they had a massive offseason. They put things together. So they quickly turned their organization around. So the, the precedent has been set that a team can do this in this setup. Finally, we have Houston, the Sabercats, who are as wounded and hurt as anybody psychologically more than anything else, coming into New York to play Rooney. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, you know, Houston just looks lost right now. Uh, they've got some talent. You, you don't have guys like Threaten Palamo and Dion Mikesell on that back line. And uh, I, I thought Sam Windsor had a really rough game against San Diego. He just looks burnt out. He's played every minute for that team in MLR, which is just crazy. Um, so they've just got to pull something out against 
against New York. And I don't know what, I, I mean, it's going to depend on, on, on how banged up Rooney is this weekend. Uh, I, I still got to go with New York in this one, but uh, you know, yeah, maybe Houston could make a competitive, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I think uh, New York's uh, forwards, their control is just too much for them to handle, and uh, I think they'll come away with this one with a comfortable win. All right. So I agree with you on there, and I just wanted to bring up a quick positive. You brought up Threaten Palamo. Threaten ha- ha- has come back from what he thought was going to be a career-ending lower leg injury. I think it's the ankle area, but he is back, and he is a force, and he is a very talented player. So that was a great signing, a great pickup. Justin Fitzpatrick and co. And it might not reflect this year, but if he stays with that organization, they're going to be better off for it. Uh, so just to reiterate our, or to review our picks, I don't think we were having any disagreement on Austin going to NOLA. I think we're both picking NOLA. I think we didn't have any disagreement on Utah going to Glendale. I think we're both picking Glendale. Uh, I, 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 yeah, Utah going to Glendale. Houston going to Rooney. We're both picking Rooney. But what about San Diego and Toronto? Are you going with your hometown boys? I gotta go with Toronto after that inspiring win in Seattle. I was gonna pick them anyways, but I gotta go with Toronto. I think they can do it. It's a long trip for San Diego. Toronto's already beat them once, uh, so they're not at any psychological disadvantage. I think they're. Uh, I think they found their groove. Uh, and re- remember, important point: this is gonna be the first game at Lamport Stadium, downtown Toronto. Uh, it's uh, almost ten thousand capacity, three times the size of York. Much better turf uh, surface, so the scrums will be fun. Uh, interesting there to see Patty Ross. Ryan and co going up against uh, Rob Brower and, and Morgan Mitchell. Uh, so uh, I'm really looking forward. This is the game of the week by far. Uh, I got to go with Toronto. I'm picking them by three. I'm crazy. I'm going to regret this pick, I think. But I'm going with my man, Lou Stanfield, and the San Diego Legion in this one. They went into Starfire and were a man down and won that match. I think they are tested well beyond everybody else on the road, and they are healthy, and they are dangerous, and they're going to rise to the occasion. Mark my words, my friend. <laughs> All right, we'll see it. I like your man, Lou. Him versus Mike Shepard, the two, uh, the two battle-hardened veterans in that second row going head-to-head. So I'm really looking forward to that game. It's going to be great. All right, unfortunately, we are out of time, my friend, but thank you for coming on once again, Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News and Ray's Rugby. And I'm Matt McCarthy on behalf of Mr. Ray. More Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in New York City, signing off.